1: this hour of the costa report is brought to you by ibm big data at the speed of business
2: welcome to the costa report I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I'd like to welcome members of our armed forces and their families and veterans who are joining us today over the Internet. Thank you for your many emails and letters. In just a moment, direct response television giant, who many of us know as the creator of As Seen on TV, Mr. A.J. Kubani will be joining us to talk about what it takes to keep entrepreneurship thriving as well as what stories like Kubanis mean to the U.S. economy. But before Mr. Kubani joins us, as is my custom, each and every week, let me tell you a little about his background. Ajit Kamani was born the son of Indian immigrants. His family comes from an area of India, which became part of Muslim Pakistan when the British partitioned these lands in 1947. Being Hindu, Kubani's grandfather was forced to leave behind his investments in real estate and finance to flee for his life. He landed in a refugee camp and then eventually in Bombay, where he unsuccessfully struggled to rebuild the family's wealth. When Kubani's father was old enough, he tried his hand at the export business in India Nigeria, and then later, the United States, where his business finally blossomed. A.J. soon followed in his grandfather and father's footsteps. By the time he was 11, he was delivering newspapers for $10 a week and cutting lawns and shoveling driveways. He worked himself up to a minimum wage job delivering pizzas. And then, while still enrolled at Montclair State University studying business, he began working in the family's export business. The story goes the young Kubani worked out a deal to buy 2,000 Walkman-like radios on credit from his father and took out an advertisement and sold them all. Though he didn't make a profit, he was hooked. Next came massaging slippers, which earned him over $200,000 by the time he was 25 years old. The rest is history. Today, A.J. Kubani is the CEO of one of the most successful direct response marketing companies in the world, the Telebrands Corporation, creators of the popular as-seen-on-TV brand. The company markets products in 120 comp- countries, selling everything from amber vision glasses to the pet egg foot file and pocket hose. But as we're about to find out, the road to fortune isn't always paved with gold. Kubani is no stranger to failure, bankruptcy, and government overreach. Yet despite these challenges, there is no question his story is proof positive that the American dream is still alive and kicking. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report the man who is known in some circles as the king of the infomercial, Mr. A.J. Kubani. Welcome to the program, Mr. Kubani.
3: Hi, Rebecca. Pleasure to be here. Thank I, you.
2: I, I thank you for taking time to be with us. Now, I, I want to be sure that we put your success in the right context. So give us a few figures for starters. I read somewhere that you sold over 45 million pet eggs and 15 million pairs of amber vision glasses. Can that be right?
3: That is true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, actually, it's over 50 million pet eggs so far.
2: 50 million.
3: Yep. So... Uh, the business is quite successful, and you know your your history of, of me and my family and and uh, the company was uh, the most accurate I've ever heard. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you. Our, our, our research team appreciates that. Uh, it, you know, it, it's been a long journey when you think about three generations and, and reaching the point of selling 50 million products. Uh, that's a that's a number that your grandfather and your father probably thought was way out of reach, even coming from an, a, a, a successful exporting business. You
3: know, my father is certainly proud of what I've done, and it's uh- nice to have.
2: I have to believe that. Having children of my own, you know, sometimes you're, you're, sometimes you're afraid for them. Was your family ever afraid that you might be reaching a little too far? Well, you know, my father
3: had struggled through his life, you know, being, uh, you know have, having his family fled for their lives out of Pakistan because they were Hindu, and they had some of the challenges that you hear about today. They had a, the choice of either converting to Islam or being killed or moving. And Mm -hmm. my family decided not to convert and they moved to India. Uh, So in growing up in a refugee camp and then finally saving enough money and getting a visa to come to the United States, which is amazing. He came over by ship, by the way, because he couldn't afford a plane ticket. Uh, But he came over and he created a a life in this wonderful country, a country of tremendous opportunity and unlimited, you know, unlimited potential for anyone that is willing to go and and strive for it.
2: Yes, very much so. And as I said, it is part of the uh, history in the fabric of this country—that immigrants did build this country. We see, we hear too much on the radio and too much in the media right now about uh, how immigrants are taking advantage of social services and creating a, a tax b- a burden for the taxpayer. And and yet we 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 don't seem to be balancing it on the other end—the number of jobs that have been created, the entire industries that have been created by hardworking immigrants that have come to this country—and uh, I. I. I have to say that uh, your family and my family have something in common. My own grandfather came over through Ellis Island on a ship with, uh, I think he said he had uh, something like five cents in his pocket and a packet of dried dates to eat. Uh, And that's all he had. Uh, And he also fled for his life. So uh, there's something to be said for the immigrant population that came and helped make this country strong. Now, I want to talk about the pet egg and amber vision glasses that I mentioned, um, because those are two huge successes and, and every product can't be a home run. Um, on the other hand, your percentages seem to be a lot better than venture capitalists who expect maybe only 15-20% of their investments to pay off. So if you don't mind my asking, what's the what's the ratio between the products that are profitable and those that don't make it in telebrands?
3: Well, actually, the ratio is, is worse than you just pointed out.
2: It is. It's Capitalism. worse than venture capitalists. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, you make it seem like every one of them is a winner. So that's a, that's a talent.
3: <laughs> it's about being smart about how you treat the losers and how you treat the winners and how soon you identify the winners. So just to give you the numbers. So we look at 1,000 products a year. At wow. the products that we look at, we test market uh, and produce commercials for 100 different products a year. That's two every single week. And now the ones we test market, roughly 10 are successful. So we're really, you know, 10 out of 100 products that we market, so 10% are successful. But the ones that are not successful, we stop investing money immediately. And the ones that are successful, we invest a lot of money in. So that's where, that's how we can afford to make a profit. Even even though the the odds are, you know, fairly low.
2: So you go from 1,000 products that have potential to test marketing ten. And identifying those that uh, empirically don't show the results that you need, and you get down to 10 that you're going to concentrate your investment in.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, the longstanding joke in our uh, in our industry has been that if you look at the entire picture, only one out of 800 products is successful. And that hence the phone number 1-800.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. I have never heard that before. So while we're on the subject, what criteria do you use when you're deciding that 100 products that you're going to test market?
3: Well, we want the products to be unique. That means it doesn't have to be a a complete revolutionary idea, but something that's not readily available or people don't know about or something that people haven't seen. That's number one. It's got to solve an everyday problem. We want, you know, TV is very expensive to advertise on, extremely expensive, We want every viewer to be a potential customer. Mm -hmm. So for example, the pet egg was great because everybody has feet and most people have calluses. So it's a mass appeal product versus something for targeted to bicycle riders or tennis players or people who scuba dive, right? So it's very important that it's mass appeal. Number two is that we want uh, the product to be a phenomenal value. Now these are very impulsive purchases. People don't watch TV playing to buy something unless they're watching Home Shopping Network or QVC. That's right. So we come up in in the middle of programming. Someone's watching, you know, their favorite TV show, and all of a sudden this commercial pops up, and within two minutes we have to convince them to pick up the phone and take out the credit card and place an order.
2: Mm -hmm. That's a very big challenge. Now, we have to cut for a short break to do a little business ourselves, but I'd like to come back to these criteria because I know there's a couple of others, such as the ability to produce the product inexpensively. So we're going to just take a short break. We'll be right back with more from A.J. Kubani. You're listening to The Costa Report.
1: No matter what business you're in, what happens in Washington can make the difference between business success or failure. That's why understanding where government is headed is so important in today's competitive business environment. But where can you find experts who know firsthand the inner workings of our nation's capital? The American Program Bureau is your leading source for speakers whose experience offer unique insights into where U.S. policy is headed. Speakers like Seth Harris, former acting U.S. Secretary of Labor, Alyssa Mastromonico, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff, and General Carl Eikenberry, former U.S. Ambassador to Afghanistan. For your next meeting or conference, contact the American Program Bureau at APBSpeakers.com or 617 614 1600. That's APBSpeakers.com. The American Program Bureau, making history. One speech at a time.
2: Every day our world gets more complicated. Not only is new information coming at us faster than we can manage, new regulations, technology, and the effects of globalization have made it much more difficult to succeed. That's why I wrote The Watchman's Rattle, a book that, for the first time, explains how complexity makes it hard to separate facts from fiction and eventually causes us to make important decisions based on unproven beliefs. And not just us. Our leaders also fall prey to this phenomena. But here's the good news. Once you know the symptoms to watch for, you can safeguard against them. So please, go to RebeccaCosta.com, That's RebeccaCosta.com and order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It only takes a few minutes and the shipping is free. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. You'll be glad you did.
4: school's back in session. Bad news for the kids, great news for RVers. Hello folks, Michael Olson here with Rena Mills, the owner of RV Service Center, 2525 Mission, north end of Santa Cruz, right next to California One. Rena, it is a great time to be an RVer.
3: Yes, Michael, that's true. Weather is fantastic in Santa Cruz County, so get your RVs tuned up at RV Service Center.
4: Do you have any special inducements to get people ready to hit the road this autumn?
3: Yes, Michael, we do. time you have any damage on your RV we can help you get an insurance claim started and with that insurance claim we offer a free gift certificate equal to the value of your deductible
5: when you have your insurance work done at RV Service Center
4: Wow that means like a free repair almost
5: Yes, it does, Michael. That's just money in your pocket.
4: And in the gas tank and on the open road. Folks, bring your RVs down to RV Service Center here at the north end of Santa Cruz 2525 Mission. Have your RV all tuned up by RV Service Center, and away
6: you go. Here's comedian Christopher Titus on education reform. So we could fix education right now. Okay, we all agree there's good and bad teachers, right? Yeah. Right? Okay, so we got to get rid of the bad teachers. So we actually said, all right, let's test all the teachers. Well, the teachers union stood up and went, no, 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 you can't test teachers. It's not a good measure of performance. <laughs> yeah, even the teachers went, ah, crap. So I said, okay, we'll just arm the children. And then you'll just know who the bad teachers are. Anybody leaking? Bad teacher. It'll also change the parent-teacher commerce dynamic. Give ever take a kid to, to parent-teacher conference and they're screwing up? You feel like an idiot. Michael's not doing good at math. Oh, even my sperm is stupid. Oh, I gotta stop drinking. I gotta stop reading those porn magazines. I gotta stop reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I suck. But, if we arm the children, that changes 180 degrees. Michael's not doing good at math. (laughs) Really? Well, that's a bummer, because for Christmas, I bought him a Desert Eagle. (laughs) So, you better figure out how to unlock his learning capabilities, or the spring semester is gonna be a bitch. (laughs) The big stars love to hang out with Rosie and the gang on Good Morning Monterey Bay, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on KSEO AM 1080.
2: Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is the CEO of Telebrands and creator of the As Seen on TV brand, A.J. Kubani. And before the break, we were talking about the criteria you look for when determining which products to invest in. And, And you were saying that the most important criteria is that the product must have the widest appeal and also present high value, and that every television viewer would ideally be a potential customer. So are there some other criteria? that you look for
3: uh, that's basically it it's got to have a uh, wide appeal and uh, solve a common problem something that people can really relate to like take our pocket hose for example you know great traditional hoses are very heavy and bulky and difficult to put away and this is a hose that puts itself away you know it's something everyone can relate to everyone has struggled with you know garden hoses or most people have
2: Yes, that's, that's absolutely true. I, I always uh, see your products as solving a rather obvious annoyance. A lot of the, a lot of the problems are just really annoying. <laughs> and, and one of the things that I, I've noticed too is that um, many products save money. They uh, offer you an opportunity to save money. Is that also yeah. a criteria that you look for?
3: Well, that's the criteria. The people that buy from us are usually budget conscious Mm -hmm. and looking to save money and and get a great value on the product that they're buying. So you take products that we're selling today. Another very big seller is our Hurricane Spin Mop. Mm -hmm. It's it's a fantastic product. It's very obvious when you look at it. It's basically a salad spinner on top of a bucket. And you stick the mop in there, push the pedal, the spinner spins around and uses centrifugal force to take all the water out of the mop. So it's a really a, a terrific mop uh, for, for anyone that mops. And that's, again, very massive appeal. Most people need to mop their homes.
2: Well, I'm going to have to go get myself one. <laughs> I, now, you've, you've got me convinced already. <laughs> well, you know,
3: Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres bought one.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, she called up and uh, actually she tweeted about it, that she was homesick one day. And the great thing about being homesick, she gets to watch all of these fantastic infomercials, and she bought the spin mop.
2: (laughs) Well, you can't beat that as an endorsement. Now, at the beginning of the program, I did talk about some of the financial hardships your grandfather and father faced, but you also faced many challenges along the way, including bankruptcy and run-ins with the government. Can you talk about some of those obstacles for our audience today?
3: Well, first of all, starting a business is extremely difficult. And, and the odds of success are very slim. And once you become successful, staying in business is and staying successful are very challenging and continuing to grow the business. But then you come across the, the, the problems that you really don't need <laughs> that sort of come in the way, right, that, that come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, uh, you know, a number of things go wrong in the business at, at one time. And before you know it, you've lost a lot of money out of nowhere. comes out of left field. And you're forced to you know, either you know, follow Chapter 11 or just go out of business. So that was an extremely difficult time in my life. That was 14 years ago. And uh, a number of things have gone wrong, bad. Inventory choices, too much inventory, um, you know, not any government issues at that moment in time, but a lot of other business-related issues. And we're forced to follow Chapter 11. And it was a, a very difficult time in my life because I had started this business from scratch and sort of you build up. It's a sort of like a child. You 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 start it and you build it and you grow the business. And all of a sudden, you have you know, sixty or seventy employees, and you have to let everybody go and start from scratch.
2: Well, the trouble with these failures is you don't know if they are just a really bad setback or they really are a failure. You you just when you're in the middle of them, you just can't tell. You can't tell if it's the end. Or just uh, you, you got to come back stronger.
3: Oh, that's absolutely true. I think the most important thing is that you have to believe that this is not yet. You have to absolutely believe that you are going to come back because if you have any doubt, you won't. You won't come back.
2: Now, in your particular case, I believe you reached out to a family member to help you out of that bankruptcy, and that must have made it a hundred times more difficult because then it's not just your fate, but it's also the, the fate of those you love.
3: Well, I reached out to a couple of family members, actually. Mm-hmm. First of all, you know the bank had foreclosed on my house, so my family and I were about to be kicked out of our house, so one family member paid off my mortgage which was unbelievable that I could actually have that happen. So that you know, put my family at ease. Of course, I was able to get another mortgage right away and pay him back within 30 days, but just that bailout for 30 days was really critical in keeping my family happy. Because mm-hmm. if your family's unhappy, that's another big problem that you have to worry about. So, right.
2: While you're going all through this, you're trying to protect your family, your children.
3: Of course, I mm-hmm. have a wife and three children being kicked out of our house, a dream house that we took five years to plan and build, and all of a sudden, it's all gone, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, But then we, we were able to save that, and then uh, yeah, my father uh, gave me enough money to uh, finance and restart the business, and uh, you know, that was his money, his money now on the line, and I had to make sure that I protect his money as well. I didn't want him to lose his hard-earned money, along with mine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, those are those are very, very dark days. I, I also know because I started my own business with my own money. And uh, while I really appreciated people heaping praise on me for the successful times and giving me awards and that kind of thing. Uh, in the back of my mind, I never forgot those dark days. And it, and I always was left with a feeling it could happen again anytime. How about you?
3: I certainly feel that way. And, yeah, it,
2: it, it doesn't matter how successful you become. You think, well, two or three things could line up and I could lose it all.
3: Well, that's the reality of owning a business because you can't plan for everything. And a few things could line up and go against you and you could be out of business before you know it. So it's always, if, especially if you've gone through it once already or twice already, you know that it, it could very easily happen again. And you start to plan for that, as I'm sure you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You plan for what happens if everything goes wrong.
2: Now, you have also had some pressure from the government, and not long ago we had Carly Fiorina, the former CEO of Hewlett-Packard, on the program, and she expressed a lot of concerns that innovation and entrepreneurship are under attack in America today. And specifically, she said that businesses are being treated as guilty until proven innocent by the government. How, how do you feel about that?
3: Well, I, I feel that you know, I, I work really hard and put in everything I can possibly give this business, and we make a profit, and we pay millions of dollars in taxes every year. And I feel that the government should really be satisfied with that money that they get from us, especially for small businesses. You know, small businesses pay the highest tax rate,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and, and there's no ready loopholes available for small business like there are like business, for big businesses.
2: That's so right, we have people like General Electric paying no taxes
7: yeah
3: and you know i i'm paying i certainly pay a lot more than Warren buffett's secretary mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh but you know the combined tax rate between federal and state i'm close to fifty percent taxes mm-hmm. so that's a that's a big number um and and we pay that every year we pay yeah, millions of dollars in taxes uh, including to the state of new jersey mm-hmm. you know who who recently sued us so the attorney general sued us and it really I felt was very unfair came out of left field Mm -hmm. well uh, we're going
2: to take another break Mr. Kubani but let's talk about that uh, suit that came out of a left field when we come back from this break Uh, we'll come back and we'll find out what that suit was about and uh, why it probably shouldn't have happened you're listening to the Costa report
8: Big Data is being generated by everything around us all the time. Every digital process and social media exchange produce it. Systems, sensors and mobile devices transmit it. Big Data is arriving from multiple sources with ever-increasing velocity, volume and variety. It's becoming the world's newest resource for competitive advantage allowing decision-making to move from the elite few to the empowered many. The escalating demand for insights requires a fundamentally new approach to architecture, tools, and practices. To extract meaningful value from big data, you need optimal processing power, analytics capabilities, and skills. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash bigdata today. That's www.ibm.com slash bigdata.
2: Hey, SoCal High Class of 1974. This is Deanna Del Bianco Lindgren, and I want to give you information about our upcoming 40th Class Reunion to be held on Saturday, October 4th at the Santa Cruz Dream Inn. Go to www www.socalhigh1974.com to register right away and obtain more detailed information. That's www.socalhigh1974.com. See you there.
5: Those who say you can't have your cake and eat it too haven't driven a new Ford C-Max or Fusion Energy plug-in hybrid. Hi, I'm Elliot Geis over here at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. You can have the best of both worlds with our new Ford Energy hybrids. You can have the ultra-fun driving pleasure of cruising around town on the electricity stored in the Energy's state-of-the-art lithium-ion battery. Then, after 20 or so miles, you can switch the Energy's hybrid engine and drive another 600 miles. So you see, you can have your cake and eat it, too, when you drive a new Ford C-Max or Fusion Energy car right off the lot at North Bay Ford. But don't take my word for it. Come on down to North Bay Ford and test drive a C-Max or Fusion Energy today. The best deals of the year on new Energy cars are ready to roll here at North Bay Ford. You can have your cake and eat it, too. Ford plug-in hybrids give you the choice of cruising around town on pure electricity stored in the car's lithium-ion battery or switching to hybrid mode and driving another 600 miles on a single 12-gallon tank. Come on down to 1999 Soquel Avenue, Santa Cruz, or on the web at NorthBayFord.com.
6: Hi, Sam Quentin here for Shirt Crafters. I'm with Big Pete of Big Pete's Treats. And Pete, tell me how you came to Sure Crafters. Well, I'm an edible cannabis confectioner, and my family business was starting to grow. We needed to design and print labels for our treats, plus we needed employee T-shirts, business cards, and banners to display at trade shows. We called Scott Gold at Sure Crafters, and he showed me how Sure Crafters was my one-stop shop for branding my business. I'm sure glad I did. Sure Crafters provides top-of-the-line custom screen printing, digital printing, embroidery, d decals stickers banners business cards and so much more so build your brand with shirt crafter located at 111 engle street in santa cruz or go to shirtcrafter.com give them a call at 831-423-0537 that's shirt crafter 831-423-0537
4: No wonder they opened the border to all those children, folks. USDA says it will now cost young parents three hundred four thousand four hundred eighty dollars to raise a child to eighteen. And topping the list of things they must buy their child is food. Join me, Michael Olson, Saturday at nine a.m. as the Food Chain host, economist Lauren Goitman, for a conversation about practical food economics. We'll learn practical tips on how to hunt down the best food values to feed a child from the lady who feeds four of them every day. It's you and me learning how best to feed the future. Saturday nine a.m. on the Food Chain.
7: What day was that?
2: welcome back to the costa report i'm rebecca costa and if you're just joining us today our guest is aj kubani who was just beginning to talk about a recent lawsuit uh, before we had to take a break so mr kubani would you like to continue with that
3: yeah so uh, i was saying that You know, we're we're a New Jersey corporation. I grew up in New Jersey and loved the state, but now the state is suing me. You know, we, we pay the state millions of dollars a year in taxes. They're suing me for some purported claim of consumer fraud. I have to tell you that over 30 years in business, we've serviced over 100 million consumers, and you don't build a business by ripping off your customers. You can't get away with that. We wouldn't have been in business for 30 years if we weren't providing a terrific product with terrific value and had a hundred million consumers buy products from us and continue to buy products from us.
2: Specifically what product and what, um, what claim are they concerned with?
3: Well, there, there's some claim of our, our telemarketing, inbound telemarketing scripts uh, and uh, not giving full disclosure to the consumers, but uh, I can tell you that we're absolutely upfront with our consumers They have done nothing wrong. We don't know why we have this piece of litigation. Uh, We're trying to resolve it. It came out of nowhere. Um, They claim that they have accumulated over 300 complaints over two years. Over that two-year period, we've serviced tens of millions of consumers. So if you really look at it percentage-wise, it's less than a thousandth of one percent.
2: But isn't this a case where the more you sell, the more consumers you touch, the more vulnerable you get? Um, well, I think so. I mean, there's like an inverse algorithm here. You know, you, you, you reach a lot of people, right, with a product, and some percentage are going to complain or or, or not be satisfied. That That's just a given in any business.
3: Well, I, I can tell you that no business on, on the planet as 100% satisfied customers. Of course. And we tried to achieve 100%. In fact, we've achieved over 99%. And if you look at this current case, it's 99.999% that are satisfied. So they've, they've picked on these very, very small percentage of customers. And they by the way, they didn't even return the complaints over to us to resolve them.
2: So Thank you had so no much. opportunity to try to, to make these customers happy.
3: No, if, if, if whenever in the past we've ever got anybody give us a complaint, we do everything we can to satisfy that consumer. That's in our best interest. In fact, that's our policy. Any com- customer complains about anything. They want their money back. They want their shipping and handling back. They want their, a new product. Whatever they want, our policy is to give the customer whatever they want. It'd be silly for us not to do that.
2: Okay, so, you know, off the record, what's your theory on why they came after you? Is it just the size of your business and your war chest? Do they need tax money? Is that what's going on here?
3: Well, listen, my, my, my feeling, you know, based on all the government, in, government investigations we've had over the past couple of years, it's not only this, it's that they're constantly coming in and looking for money. Mm-hmm. You know, re- a recent thing that came up: uh, seventeen states' attorney general, states, uh, seventeen states, claim that all the refund checks that we've given out for the past ten years that the consumers have not cashed. You know, we send out refund checks all the time. Sure. We send out millions of refund checks. Now all of a sudden, the states come and say, "Well, all that money, all the checks that the consumers never cashed, that money belongs to us." And not only that. But because you didn't send it to us, well, we never knew. No accountant or attorney or state ever let us know for the past 30 years that those refund checks belong to the states. We didn't know. We thought I don't
2: understand. How it. How does a refund check for a product go to the state if I don't cash it?
3: Well, that's apparently... Uh,
2: how did that happen?
3: Well, for example, if, if you ordered a product for $20 and you didn't like it, you send it back to us. We send you a refund check for $20. You don't cash it. After a certain amount of time, that money apparently belongs to the state. And if you don't cash it, we're obligated to send that money to the state uh, uh, within a certain amount of time. But and that was
2: never the state's money. That was my own money I spent.
3: But now the states say it's their money. And we have 17 states that have gotten together. Wow. And said We want that money plus the interest and penalties because you did not submit it every single year, which came, again, out of left field. Well, here's
2: the part that I'm disturbed at by by having this conversation with you, is that you're not given any opportunity to correct these things. It's almost like you're being set up to make the mistake, and then uh, you're already in the wrong, and you're in the position of having to defend yourself over something you didn't even know existed.
3: That's right. Again, we want to satisfy every customer. We want Mm -hmm. to abide by every state and federal regulation. It's in our best interest to do that, and we try everything we can, including hiring experts to help us at everything to make sure we comply. But they seem to just catch us off guard and say, "Ha ha, we got you." You know, now give us. Well,
2: this is the reason you pay
3: taxes. Enough. We want more out of you.
2: Well, it's sounding more more and more like you agree with Carly Fiorina that businesses are being treated guilty until proven innocent.
3: I certainly feel that way. And the other thing is that what was the need for a press release? You know, as it is, we have this piece of litigation. Now they tell the entire world that Telebrands has been sued for consumer fraud. It makes us look guilty because who are people going to believe, us or the government?
2: Well, can you counter Can you sue for damages? I don't know. Can you counter sue the government for damages to your reputation and, and uh, you know, uh, harming your sales? Is there such a thing?
3: I don't think there's a cause of action, but...
2: uh, Well, if you've been damaged, as I understand, if you can prove damage, there's a cause of action. But uh, I don't know if you can sue the government for damaging your reputation. I think some, some have. People that have uh, wrongly been accused and arrested, I think they go after uh, damages. Your company might have to do that. I mean, there there we go. Why don't we put out a press release that says that you may be suing the government? (laughs) They always play around with those words. He may be suing, right?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, things like that.
3: It's really unfair because we have all of our big retail customers that said, you know, what is this all about? The people the inventors that want to come to us and bring us products, they say, well, oh, Telebrands has been sued by the state. We shouldn't do business with Telebrands. It's already affecting our business, even though we've not been proven guilty. We didn't even do anything wrong. We just got sued erroneously, I believe, by the state, and and it's affecting our business. So, again, guilty until proven innocent.
2: Well, you know, well it makes me heartsick because, in particular, when you really think about it, it was three generations that built your business up to where it is today and you have your heart and soul in this business and for someone to come and attack you because they need the, you know they need the money that's the worst thing of all in particular when you're fighting the government and laws that uh, don't make any sense such as you know that the, the, these refund checks should go to the government and not that people don't cash. I, I can't quite understand what that's about, um. Yeah. But but and yet you're very optimistic. You 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 encourage young people to strike out on their own. You 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 teach about entrepreneurship, uh. And yet you know the more successful you become, the more these things uh, come out of left field. How can you be of both hearts and minds?
3: Well, there, there's nothing like being a successful entrepreneur. Uh, I think it's unfortunate the direction that the country seems to be going in with more and more regulation and making it, uh, you know, trying, it seems like they're trying very hard to deter people from being entrepreneurs and going out on their own by making it extremely difficult, uh, which is a direction that, you know, my my parents ran away from in India, you Mm -hmm. know, with with Indian socialism and all the bureaucracy that they had over there. So it, they didn't give people the opportunity to strike out on their own and make it and build something. And I think that's what's made this country great. And we can't forget what's made us great mm-hmm. and, and try to be become a socialist country with all this overbearing regulation that we have going on. It makes it very demoralizing for people like me
2: well i don't think there's a single listener today that doesn't uh, feel that the government is overreaching into business today and uh, and making it much harder for individuals like yourself who if they had to start the business today might give it a second thought we have to take our last break and when we come back we're going to talk about inventors day and other new products on the horizon you're listening to the costa report
8: Big Data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, Big Data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today.
2: I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, and I have a question for you, Scott. What goes into making Method Champenois bubble?
6: You know, it's a process that's really defined by the French government that we've taken and enacted into our wines, which really drive the quality of our sparkling project.
2: So this is a process that the French government defines pretty specifically, and you remain faithful to that.
6: Yeah, 100%. And in some places, we push it a little bit.
2: Now, how do the bubbles translate on the palate?
6: You know, it really gives you that vehicle, that mousse for the character of the sparkling wine, carrying the fruit and the complexity. It's the expression of the wine. To find out more about Caraccioli Wines, visit us at www.caracciolicellars.com or stop by our tasting room in downtown Carmel, California. That's Caraccioli Cellars, C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I. Cellars, come taste the difference.
9: Hi, MZ here with egg on my face. Let me explain. You know that ad we've been running for Beyond Organic Cultured Way 3-Day Cleanse Detox? You know, the one where I keep talking about Sweato Gold? Well, Bill Graff came up to me the other day and wanted to know how sales of that product were going. I said, not all that good, to which he replied, doesn't surprise me a bit. You are mispronouncing the name of the product. It's Swearo Gold, not Sweato Gold. No wonder sales are no good. Who in the world would want to buy a product you consume that conjures up thoughts of drinking sweat it's gross can't you see that i immediately realized billy was right and boy did i feel stupid Here I was thinking I was cool pronouncing suero as sueto and thereby coming off with an Hispanic sort of ring to the name. Okay, I blew it. So let's fix it now. Do the three-day suero gold cleanse detox. You'll probably feel great and lose weight. I'm going to do it myself. Six bottles a day of suero gold with no food for three days. We've got it all here at KSCO Studios for pickup, and the entire amazing Cleanse Detox costs less than $100, a good deal to jumpstart good health. Join me.
8: It must be, it has to be, with that big sound it's gotta be, KSCO.
1: If you like to fish or you like to know about fishing, or if you know someone who does, you have to tune in to the Let's Go Fishing radio program with Alan Bushnell and Mike Baxter. Let's Go Fishing is heard every Thursday night beginning at 8 p.m. right here on AM1080 KSCO. Don't miss the next Let's Go Fishing with Mike Baxter and Alan Bushnell.
2: Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and today my guest is A.J. Kubani. Now, I want to be sure I mention that you sponsor Inventors Day around the country, where people are invited to present their products to be considered. Um, so tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, we started this in about five years ago, because we got so many people inquiring about how can telebrands carry their idea or their invention. Mm-hmm. So uh, I decided... After seeing an episode of American Idol, that's a great idea. Why don't we have a panel of three judges and we'll pick the top inventors for the month and have them come in and present their ideas. And I could very efficiently you know, talk to uh, 20 different inventors in half a day. So we, we started doing that and it's turned out to be terrific for us. First of all, I love the interaction with the individual inventor because every inventor that comes in and is an everyday entrepreneur that has a great idea, and many have invested their own time and money into developing the product and have a lot of passion for that idea. And I would give them the opportunity to make money by licensing the product to us. And if not, if that doesn't happen, at least I can give them some advice based on my 30 years' experience. And even that is very gratifying to me, even if I could pass on a few words of wisdom based on my experience. So, well, it
2: also it, allows you to be surrounded by this uh, energy and this hopefulness and uh, also this creative process, and, and I think that's got to be inspiring.
3: Absolutely. It is just a fantastic you know, energy, as you put it, energy there with all these entrepreneurs striving to make something happen, to have a dream, and that rubs off on me. And the interaction is dynamic, it's exciting, it makes me smarter by listening to all these people and hearing all these ideas, and it helps them vet their ideas and possibly a, a come up with a product that we can both do business together and both make a lot of money. Mm-hmm.
2: So let me ask you this. Has there ever been a product you passed on that really haunted you afterwards? many. <laughs> so, can, can tell me one. Tell me. Tell us about one that you passed on, and then you were kicking yourself all the way home, saying, "Oh boy, that that one's gonna that one's gonna go," and I'll be uh, I'll be uh, really regretful that I didn't uh, invest in that one.
3: Well, somebody came to me back uh, in the nineteen nineties with this silly little scooter, aluminum scooter that had these <laughs> uh, these wheels on it that there are you finding rollerblades, and I said who's going to buy this little scooter? It's crazy. No one's going to buy this thing. Well, a company called Razor ended up marking the product. And now ev- I think every household in America has at least one of them.
2: Oh, yes. I have three nephews, and uh, that was on their Christmas list a few years ago.
3: Yeah, so that was one I passed on.
2: Oh, my goodness. So, how, how about another one that you, that you really sat on the fence on?
3: Okay, the other one was this uh, thing that every single kid – that goes to school. That has to cover their books. Knows about they're called book socks.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: you know, when we were kids, we'd take these old sh- the shopping bags, cut them up, and tape them around our books. <laughs> that were that was our book cover. All right, but today they buy something called book socks. It slips right onto the book, and within in, in less than five seconds, they've covered their book.
2: Now, why did you pass on oh. book socks? That sounds like that meets all the criteria that you told us about earlier.
3: Well, the way I was looking at it, so there's only about three weeks in a year where people will buy this thing, right? When they go back to school and they, have, and they get their books at the, and the teachers say, you have to cover your books by Monday, right? That's when the kids buy the book socks. The rest of the year, they don't. Mm-hmm. So I thought the window of sales was too limited. But this company sells tens of millions <laughs> every <laughs> year during that three-week three period.
2: Well, it's a, you know, as you say, it's probably a seasonal product. But the nice thing about seasonal products is that you have limited marketing exposure. You'd only have to market like crazy a few months out of the year.
3: That's absolutely right.
2: Yeah, so in some ways, your uh, marketing investment is uh, limited as well. but uh, And it's kind of nice. I, I like business models where you do all your business in a couple of months.
3: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No,
2: nothing wrong with that. So let me ask you this. What You, you talk to lots of invest, uh, inventors and investors. So uh, what's what's the most common mistake you see these inventors make when they bring a product to you?
3: Well, uh a big mistake people make is, is uh, investing way too much money in one idea. As mm-hmm. I pointed out at the beginning of this show, right, the vast majority of ideas never are commercially successful. And some people will invest way much more than they can afford to lose. And that happens all the time. So I see some people take a second mortgage on their home, and they just everything goes into one idea. But even someone famous like Thomas Edison, who had 1,000 patents to his name, Mm -hmm. only had a handful that were commercially successful. Mm -hmm. So the inventors have to know that even though they love their idea, it may not work and don't invest more than you can afford to lose because the odds are is that it will not be successful.
2: So you see that uh, a common mistake would be that people fall in love with their investment and they get too deeply into one single idea.
3: Exactly. Falling in love with their idea or their invention Mm-hmm. They, uh, they get too deep.
2: They get and, too uh, deep. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
3: And then they keep on chasing it, even after it's, it's not successful. It's sort of like someone who gambles and loses a little bit of money keeps on gambling until they lose too much.
2: Well, that's because uh, they think any moment they're going to get it all back.
3: That's right. and That's the way these inventors think. They think any moment it's going to take off and I'm going to get all my money back. But it doesn't happen. So let's be careful. You know, mm-hmm. and just invest just enough. We do the same thing here in my business. We invest just enough to figure out, is this a product or not? And the moment we, you know, we we'll figure out it's not, we stop investing money. Because we can fall in love with products too, and we try very hard not to.
2: <laughs> well, I don't want to let you go without asking you if there's a website that our listeners today can go to to get more information about Telebrands products.
3: Uh, absolutely. Telebrands.com
2: telebrands.com can't be any easier than that folks uh, telebrands.com to find out more about uh, these products uh, that are that appear on as seen on TV and unfortunately Mr. Kubani that is all the time we have left but before we say goodbye I want to thank you for being an inspiration to entrepreneurs and inventors everywhere and uh, we'll look forward to many more time saving products that we can't live without thank you Mr. Yes. All right. thank you if your station is leaving us after this hour, you can have a or you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with AJ Kubani today. You can email me at rebeccacosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. In particular, I'd love to know if you once had an idea or an invention that you were positive was a sure winner and you never pursued it. What was it that stopped you? Was it the investment capital you needed? was it fear, was it lack of time, lack of knowledge of exactly how to get started? Drop me a line and tell me your story, and if it's a good one, well, maybe we'll put it on the air. And if you missed the full interview with A.J. Kubani or any of our other guests, remember that you can download previous episodes of The Costa Report from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel. And while you're at our website, be sure to check out The Watchman's Rattle. Talk about a book that completely disrupts conventional thinking. This is the first First and only book which explains what happens when the complexity of day-to-day life, including government regulation, exceeds the biological capabilities of our human brains. Why unwieldy processes, information, and, and regulations are dangerous because they cause us to be unable to discern a fact from an unproven belief or an opinion. And before we know it, we and, and also our leaders are suddenly basing important decisions on something other than facts. So public, public policy becomes irrational. If you want to know why there's more politics than productive work being done in our nation's capital, pick up the watchman's rattle. Just go to rebeccacosta.com. Do it now. It only takes two minutes. And if you want to do it uh, while the first edition autographed copies are still available, uh, all the better. I think there are only maybe a 100 copies left of the hardcover first edition. So, uh, you know, and uh, folks, once those are gone, that's it. They go to second edition. On the paperback, we're up to the ninth printing of the paperback. So uh, there are no first edition paperbacks left. So while you have an opportunity, go to rebeccacosta.com and grab your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. That's The Watchman's Rattle. You can also pick it up on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and any other uh, local bookstores. It's uh, it's distributed throughout the United States. My guest next week is former congressman from New York who ran head to head against Hillary Clinton for that state senate seat, Mr. Rick Lazio. He was in favor of limiting campaign spending then. But is he still in favor of it now? Well, find out when Rick Lazio joins us next week on the only news program which puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to The Costa Report.